0: Today in the Emerald office, I am joined by Amber Miller, a real life Instagram influencer. Uh, she has 50,000 followers on Instagram, and she is going to sit down and we're going to go through all of the kind of misconceptions about what an influencer actually is, what they do, how she became an influencer, and most importantly, for those of you who aren't interested in being an influencer, she's going to talk about all the things that she did to grow her following so effectively a relatively short period of time. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Welcome to the Full Focus Entrepreneur podcast. I've got with me Amber Miller of Pretty as Peaches on Instagram, and she is a real live Instagram influencer. Welcome, Amber.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so
0: happy to be here. I'm super psyched to talk to you today because we are, you know, right in the thick of the coronavirus quarantine and I've spent, like, probably more time on Instagram today than is really, you know, helpful. I told my... Or healthy, not helpful. I told myself that, like, Instagram stalking you would be, like, research and that's, like, totally (laughs) acceptable, right? Oh, yeah. All the time. (laughs) And I think that's, that's something we can kind of all... Sort of identify with right now is that like I have nothing better to do. Let's look at real people on the internet.
1: So Instagram is really big right now. I it totally is, and it's funny you even mention it because that's one of our main focuses as you know, Instagram influencers, bloggers, whatever it is that you may be, is when we're pitching to brands right now. It's tough because you know it's a tough time money's limited. People aren't necessarily spending money on advertising. But on the flip side, people are trying to spend a majority of their budget right now because everyone's on their phones. Everyone's looking to buy. Mm-hmm. So they're, some people, you know, either they're out of their job or they're not currently working. So they're looking for stuff to do and fill that time. And a majority of them are on their phones or shopping, um, doing anything mm-hmm. that you know the industry of either clothes or you know new- beauty products there's so many spring sales go going on at the time, so there's exactly a lot.
0: and there's like stress shopping happening now. This is a real time for for this industry. Can you give us kind of the 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 origin story, if you will, of becoming an influencer? you know I think they're one of those like unicorn professions that people are like, how do you just become one of those? So how did you become an influencer?
1: Oh, gosh. I get this question all the time, funny enough. I'll, you know, I'll get random DMs. And, how did you become a blogger? And I'm like, well, do you have five hours to listen to me? <laughs> <laughs> how much do you want to know? Exactly. So the way I started out, I actually, when I graduated college, I originally – went to school for broadcasting so my major was multimedia journalism and I really thought I was going to go into the reporting field and I had a few offers out of college and something in me was just telling me that it wasn't right and I shouldn't have taken it you know I kind of listened to my gut on it and my mom really wanted me to come home and kind of spend time with family you know I was a cheerleader at Virginia Tech so I spent a majority of my college time there I rarely came home um you know for even holidays, we had bowl games. So I never was home. And mm-hmm. he really wanted me to come home just to spend time with family. And she honestly, I remember her saying, you know, be a 22 year old, like, I really want you to just like, have some fun for a year. And I was like, you know what, not many parents actually say this. So she must really. <laughs> and so I came home and it was actually my mom's idea. She was like, Amber, I, you know, everybody always asks you about your clothes, your makeup, your hair, and you've always been into, you know, the girly stuff, if you will. And I was like, yeah, right. And me going to school for multimedia journalism, I had this passion for writing and this passion for telling a story. And it just kind of fell into my lap, to be honest, you know, it was my mom's idea, but it really just fell into my lap. And now I couldn't imagine doing anything else.
0: So just kind of for some context, you are primarily on Instagram, correct? Yes, I am. And you have a separate blog on your website that you host yourself. Um, and you're primarily in kind of the fashion, beauty, uh, that type of influencer.
1: Yes. Correct? Yes. So I I label myself as a lifestyle influencer just because there's not many things that I won't cover. Um, I'm... And when I originally started, I tried to think of like a good niche for me to go into. And something was telling me that I shouldn't have limited myself like that. So I went and labeled myself, if you will, as a lifestyle blogger. So I'll do fashion, fitness, beauty, hair, wellness. I'll talk about life, you know. And your original question, I did start my blog first and created this website, taught myself. And then I was like, well, you know, I need to get traffic to it somehow. So I started utilizing social media and I started a YouTube channel and um, used my Twitter, Facebook, all of that. And it just kind of, you know, blossomed from there. And now I'm primarily on Instagram. I do try to use the other outlets such as like Pinterest and stuff, but um, I mainly focus on Instagram and my blog.
0: And would you say that that's kind of a a a good idea to pick a couple of streams uh, if you're going to go kind of the in- influencer blogger route.
1: Absolutely. I I think it's a wonderful idea. It is hard to manage, I would say. Like it gets tough thinking like, "Oh, I have to sit down and I have to post on all six of these outlets and mm-hmm. the different things go in a different place, and it does get frustrating. It gets to be a lot. Let's talk about what exactly an like an
0: influencer is. Uh, it's kind of one of those amorphous internet words that uh, people don't always understand exactly what you mean. So, what is an influencer? How
1: would you explain that? I'm actually really glad you asked that question because I feel like my definition of an influencer is one of those unpopular opinions. I <laughs> I really do. And good <laughs> and the reason I say that is because just you don't need to have, you know, 30k followers on Instagram and so many monthly views on Pinterest to be an influencer. If you I it doesn't even matter to me if you have five followers. If you're influencing one person in that audience of yours to either, you know, buy that beauty product use this life tip, buy this bodysuit, you're an influencer in my mind. If you have influence over other people, even if it's not on social media, if you're just someone that gets looked to for life advice and you're influential in someone's decisions, then you're an influencer in my mind.
0: What you're saying then is that anybody who is using kind of an online space to market a product that is theirs or that is someone else or to – kind of coach or give advice or give um, direction on a large platform that's an influencer anybody who does that
1: yes I don't think that you need to you know have the numbers you know numbers are are such a small part of you know the Instagram influencer quote unquote if you will I right the numbers just they don't even matter to me because you can have someone that has over a hundred thousand followers but if they're not grabbing anyone's attention or being influential at all then you know maybe that's not the best fit for them and just because they post beautiful photos doesn't mean that they're driving the that audience to go buy that product or they're listening to their everyday advice mhm so it's not about the numbers it's about who you are and if you have that heart to inspire others
0: and I think another thing, I really want to talk kind of about the misconceptions about influencers and kind of what the truth of the matter is. Um, but what do you think, I, I think a lot of people are confused about what an influencer is because they're not really sure what kind of they're good for, what they do in society. So how would you explain that 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 purpose, that role of an influencer? Why are they helpful? You know, are they only helpful to the brands who they influence people to buy or do they have some kind of higher purpose, I guess you could say. That sounds a little silly,
1: but. Right. No, I totally understand what you're saying. So so being an influencer is a lot more than just the business side of things. Like, yes, this is my full-time job. Yes, you know, I make an income to support myself on it. But that's not my goal with this. And that wasn't my goal with starting in this world. And something I've always told people is, if you come into this with the only goal of making money, you're going to fail. And I have girls, you know, they'll send me messages on Instagram saying, you know, I saw this sponsored ad, like, show me how to do it. I need the extra money or show me how to become an influencer. Like, I want to make money. And I hate to say it, but sometimes I'll look at those messages and I don't reply because that's that's not what it's about. Like, yes, it's a job. Yes, it has huge benefits of making money, but that wasn't why I started and that's definitely not why anybody should get into it. You should get into it simply because you love the job, you love influencing people, you love impacting them on either a close level or maybe it's on a you know, beauty lifestyle level. Whatever the case may be, you have to do it because you love it. You can't do it for the money. Another thing that's kind of a misconception is they think that bloggers will just partner with anybody. And maybe that's the case for some bloggers, but I'll just say from my point of view, I turn down plenty of brand deals because if I don't see value in it for my audience then I'm not going to post about it, I'm not going to share that product and I'm not going to advertise it because if my audience goes and buys the product and they don't like it or it doesn't work like I say it does, then they're not going to trust me anymore. And that's not the kind of relationship that I want with them.
0: So in a sense, influencers are now these gatekeepers for us because there's so much crap for sale these days. You know, um, America has a huge market for literally anything. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: influencers are kind of our our guinea pigs, testing those things out, telling us where is a good place to give our money to. I'm going to go through some of kind of the stereotypes about influencers because I want to make sure that we kind of like bust those out of the water we've already kind of busted the influencers aren't useful for anything because they're they're there to sort through products and tell you which ones aren't worth buying and which ones are right. um but my next kind of big one because I asked a couple of people like what do you think about influencers before I did this one and I want to know and this I suppose is more specific to your niche because that's the only one you know um do you have to be hot to be an influencer? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> people want to know this. They're like, I'm not pretty enough. And I, I will admit, you might not be the perfect person to ask because you are quite beautiful. People can't tell. Go follow her on Instagram. She's cute, guys. Um, but that's a big thing that people think about influencers is that you have to be very physically attractive.
1: That's so not true, and to me, like yes, I probably am the wrong person to ask about this because I think everyone's beautiful in their own way, and I'm not just saying that because i cause it's the thing to say these days, but i I truly believe that everybody has something to offer, whether it is you know physical or emotional or whatever the outlet may be. Everyone is attractive in their own way, and they have something to offer than the girl next to them, and just because you're not quote unquote hot doesn't mean that you can't help the girls that you you know like they feel like oh this is a girl next door like I'm can be just like her they're gonna connect with you more because you know because you can connect with them on that personal level and they see you as someone that could be their friend not necessarily a quote-unquote celebrity
0: right because if I think I'm not that cute I don't I don't want to be buying things from supermodels because I know it won't look that good on me I want to buy it from, like, people who
1: could ostensibly look com- kind of like me. Exactly. And I think that's why people actually turn to influencer. I'm actually really glad you brought this topic up because, you know, everybody, if you log on to, let me see a tab I have open on my computer right now, com. If you're on David's Bridal, then you uh-huh. see- tall girls who are, you know, almost six foot wearing these size double zero dresses. Of course, they look great. You know, they're supermodels. That's their job. That's what they're there to do. They're there to look, make the dress look awesome. And that's not necessarily the case. And, you know, I'm not a size double Um, zero. I'm just not. And I know that, you know, I'm five foot four. I'm kind of a shorty. And and I want girls to know that just because, you know, they're not a size extra, extra, extra small, that clothes can still look awesome on you. You just got to find the right ones for you.
0: Right. All right. Big Instagram um, behind the scenes question again. Uh, How do you actually make money as an
1: influencer? A lot of people are confused about how you actually make money posting things on Instagram. I love this question. So when I started in blogging, I was so confused. Like I cannot (laughs) tell you how confused I was. And at the time I didn't truly care because I was going into it with the fact that I just did it because I loved it. But after doing it for, you know, eight months, pouring your heart and soul into it every day, you're kind of like, Hmm, how can this be a full-time job? And you start (laughs) curious, and everybody this is the first thing I thought it's ads on the blog. People are clicking on the ads on the blog. You know what I mean? Like putting just Google mm-hmm. ads and I did Google ads and I remember getting like my first check for like $2 at the end of the month. And like, this is not how this works. <laughs> like there's gotta be something else, a different Avenue. And I re- I got my first brand deal and they sent me an email through the email on my Instagram and they said, I remember reading this at the bottom, and I'm not going to say the brand just because, but, um, what's your rate? And I was like, I rate for what? Like I was so <laughs> confused because all this time I had just been like, oh, send me your clothes, you know, post them, you know, that's just kind of how I how, like a trade, right? It was on a trade level, and then. Once I kind of got above like, you know, 10K and kind of kept growing from there, I started getting these emails asking me about my rates. And I was like, what is this? So I started mm-hmm. reaching out to other bloggers like, hey, can I just pick your brain a little bit? Like, you know, don't want to take too much time. And I eventually figured out that it was sponsored ads and that you can charge to post on Instagram. And it was just mind blowing to me. So um, I spent another good week, you know, kind of f- figuring out, depicting my Instagram, seeing my worth for every post, coming up with my rates, putting it together in a media kit, and boom, that was it. I've been making money for a year now.
0: Okay, so you make money then primarily through brands that want you to post about their stuff and they pay you to post that. Correct. Let's talk about how you built your Instagram following. And I kind of want to move away from this, like how to be an influencer discussion, because not all of the listeners here are looking to become an influencer. They're more interested in just using their Instagram as a platform for their other business or possibly working with influencers. Um, We'll we'll tackle that second question first. So how would somebody... um, Say one of my clients who's listening in or just uh, somebody listening in right now, they own a small boutique um, in Hampton Roads, because I know you're based in Hampton Roads, and they want to increase traffic. How would they reach out to you? How would that relationship work? Or any influencer, obviously.
1: Right. Well, I'm glad that you use that as an example, because one thing that we do in the area, you know, we actually have a wide variety of bloggers here in the Hampton Roads. And we'll actually partner, like we just did one, I think a few weeks ago with our local Athleta. We'll host events and, you know, we'll say, like, oh, it's a discount from this time to this time. Come hang out with us. There'll be food and drinks and, you know, XYZ. And so that really helps drive traffic because all of our followers are hearing about it. You know, we'll post about it on our page and suggest that people come in, you know, either meet us, you know, we'll be doing photos. You can ask mm-hmm. thing X, Y, Z, and it's just like a fun event for people to come hang out. And then it also drives that traffic to the local boutique. So we've done that as one option for necessarily just growing their social media. I do this on the side as well. I actually have a social media agency business and I'll help with like engagement. I'll help with content creation. I'll, I kind of do a variety of it. But one of the things I focus on is growing the social following. So the people you have to target is who is not following you. And the first thing you want to understand is who is following you because that is your target audience. So once you figure out your target audience, which you can find out in your insights, that's who you want to focus on because that's who wants your product. That's who's interested in your product. And then you go out of your way to find people that maybe aren't following you or are local to your area but don't know that you're there. And you can, you know, either message them and be like, hey, like, um, love your style. We'd love to have you in the store sometime. You know, connect with them on a more personal level. Don't just like a photo because I guarantee you they're not going to see it. So you have to show some type of, you know, charismatic comment or message, something that's really going to touch the heart. And, it's very important to grow your following that way because they want to know that you care about them and they want to know, that they want to feel wanted. And and when someone feels wanted, they will reciprocate it and they will follow you back. So that's another way. And the everyone does this. So another glorious way of building followers easily, and I do this as well, so I'm not going to say it's wrong because it's a huge way of growing a following is to enter into giveaways. So giveaways is a fun way to give back and also to grow your following. So, you know, maybe if you're local, you wanna get together with a few of the bloggers and maybe another, you know, local restaurant and be like, we're gonna give away a night out package for a gift card and, you know, free leggings, something. And to enter, this is what you have to do, you know, follow XYZ, like this photo, tag a few friends. And that's a good way to give back. And I enjoy doing giveaways. My audience likes them. They engage with them. And it's a good way to grow your following.
0: What other tips do you have for running a really active Instagram account as an individual, as a brand? What makes it really, really good? You talked about knowing your niche. You talked about uh, growing your following. What else can you touch on?
1: So one thing that, you know, with the algorithm change through Instagram recently, it's really important to utilize all of the outlets that Instagram gives you. So whether, you know, if you're just posting a photo every day, I guarantee you it's not going to reach as many people as you could if you utilize everything. So you need to be using, utilizing lives. You need to be Instagramming IGTV. You need to be using story highlights you need to be using every single tool that Instagram offers you or you're not utilizing that application to its fullest and they're not going to prioritize you in that algorithm. So if you're someone that just uh, you're if you're like, "Oh, I only do photos. I don't do videos." I guarantee you you can learn. And whether that's doing a hair tutorial, whether that's doing a DIY project. I just did a DIY tie-dye project this afternoon. So <laughs> you, know, just, you have to be creative with it and I guarantee you, you're going to get some feedback and whether that's positive or negative, you'll know how to move forward.
0: Great. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the, the nitty gritty of how you grew your following. Um, when you first decided, I assume you started with a personal Instagram that you shifted to kind of a... Uh,
1: creator Instagram I did yep I didn't create a second one mainly because when I was in college as I mentioned earlier I cheered in college and mm-hmm. I was pretty active within the marketing department at Virginia Tech so you know I did meet a lot of people and my following kind of grew there and I didn't do it on purpose uh, it just kind of mm-hmm. and then I was like well I'm not going to start from ground zero when I'm you know have 9,000 followers right now so I might as well just continue it from here. And it's not like I need two Instagrams to run. So this is going to be my personal and it's going to be my business. When you're a blogger, in my opinion, your personal life is your business life. You tie both together because people, when they're invested in your business, they're invested in you and invested in your personal life as well.
0: Okay. So then you started out with a good number of followers and then you grew that over the past two years, correct? Uh, Yeah, I would say, yeah, about a year and a half now. Great. Mm -hmm. And so you, you like quadrupled (laughs) your followers in that amount of time. You talked about a couple of those strategies that you used consistently posting, um, making sure that your captions were not, you know, just about the clothes. Mm -hmm. At what point did you um, start to really heavily feature uh, brands in your posts? Did you wait until you had a lot of followers? Did you you know, tell people where you'd got something, even though you weren't getting anything out of it, so that you could start to build yourself up as an expert in that arena, so to speak? How did you go about that shift from this is just me posting pictures of me with
1: my friends to this is me positioning myself as an influencer? Let me just preface this. Things have changed since I've became a blogger. And there are some girls that are, you know, have 5,000 followers and they charge to post. And uh, me personally, I did not do that. So when I hit 10K was when I started charging.
0: How do you balance the posts that are about products and just the posts that are about your life? Do you try, do you have a a rule of thumb? You said you try to post every day, but I, I assume you're not posting or are you posting a brand
1: every day? Oh no. Um, so I definitely don't post about brands every day. Now it's, I say I don't post about brands. I do post some type of photo where you can either shop my outfit or, you know, something of that nature, but I'm not doing a sponsored ad every day. And the reason behind that is if you're watching a Netflix show and, you know, let's just say every other post 15 minutes of that 30 minute Netflix show is commercials of ads, I guarantee you, you're not going to watch that show anymore. Because that's just not what you want to see. You want You came there for the show. You want to see the show. So when people are posting sponsored ads, you know, every post or every other post, I'm like, you're killing your brand. You're absolutely killing it because that's not why people are there. They're there to be invested in your life and what you have to offer. They're not not there for every post of yours to pop up and say hashtag ad. Right. So,
0: what is your kind of ratio then?
1: I, to be honest, I don't necessarily have a quote unquote ratio because. Right. Okay. Because sometimes, you know, brands will come to me and they're like, Amber, you know, we've worked with you in the past. We really need to turn this content quick. Can you have it up by this day? And Mm -hmm. the calendar I did have just completely got shifted around. And that's okay. (laughs) I do try to plan things out ahead of time, but I will bend over backwards for my brands and people I have relationships with because that's how they continue to grow. If they know that you're reliable and they know that, You will do what they're asking. I guarantee you they'll be back to working together again. But if I had to give a ratio, I would say no more than two ads a week. Now I'm talking about just on the fee. Now there is some sponsored ads I've done through stories that that normally, if it's just a story ad I'll post about twice a week and then twice a week on the feed as well. But I try not to overload it because that's again not what people want to see.
0: How do you keep a balance? You said that you feel that your life is your is your brand is your business. Do you ever feel like you can't keep that balance or like you're 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 tired of always being on because you're always working?
1: Um funny enough, No, and I'm definitely the unpopular opinion. I'm not someone that feels like I need to walk away. I'm not someone that wakes up and says, Oh, I have to get on Instagram today. I, I kid you not when I say I love this job. Like, I love it. When there's days that I know I have to wake up and get 20 things done for my blog. That's like the best day of my life. And it's because I truly just love it that much. And not every girl will be that way. And that's okay. Maybe that's just not their personality. But in my opinion, if you don't love it, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. So that's just me. I never, I never look at it as a job necessarily. It's, it's fun for me. I love doing it. And I love all of the people I've met through it. Do you
0: feel like, um, you know, putting out content every single day, do you find that to be difficult? That's something that a lot of my clients will kind of complain about when I tell them that they need to be consistent online. They'll say, oh, do I have to post something every day. What are your tricks for, or what is your strategy for creating content that's good consistently? Do you do a little bit every day?
1: Do you batch shoot? What is your approach there? I can actually sympathize with that a little bit. Um sometimes it does get hectic and you know life happens and you're like oh my goodness I have to post or you know you're like oh but I have x y and z to do but I need to post on Instagram and I need to prep my post I need to edit I need to come up with a caption and it does become a process but when I for a general rule of thumb if that's something that is a goal of yours is to post every day which if you're Trying to get into the influencer world, I highly suggest you do because that's how you gain traction is to be consistent in your posting is to kind of plan it out ahead of time. So like I know right now, unless, you know, obviously, like I mentioned before, a brand pops up and needs a quick content turnaround. I know when I'm posting at least two weeks out and sometimes things will change and that's okay. You know, you just adjust it as, as you can, but I generally, no, I have content at least for a month from here on out. And that's always seemed to help me because, you know, something tragic may happen one day and you have to run, you know, if you have kids, you got to go run and pick little Johnny up from school. You can't take a picture. Well, if you have pictures saved up in your bank, then you're good to go and it's okay. You know, I'm not saying that just because life happens that you should get a pass for the day, but I mean, and the past year I think that I've been an influencer I've rarely missed a day of posting and that's just because you have to be prepared you have to be organized you have to you have to put it on the top of your priority list and I highly recommend shooting ahead of time you know I like I mentioned I have content saved up and it's because I shoot multiple looks in one day or I've even you know, shot stories that I know that I'm going to put up a week from now. You just got to be prepared and be organized and set yourself up for success.
0: Do you use any tools to help you stay on top of your digital brand? Any websites? Uh, Do
1: you use a social media scheduler? All that fun stuff. So you you can use a social media scheduler. I know a lot of my, you know, close blogging friends use Planoly and that's so that they can plan out their feed and, you know, maybe even schedule their post to go live at a certain time. Me personally, I don't. I manually do everything. So when I post at, you know, seven o'clock at night, whatever time it is, I plan out the next hour to sit there and engage with everyone that's commenting. Maybe they're asking questions. Maybe they're DMing me about a link to a pair of shorts that I have on. I'm dedicating that hour to provide for them and to be there for them if they have any comments, questions, or suggestions.
0: So you try to engage with people kind of right when things go
1: live? Yes, definitely, because the first hour after you post – is where that algorithm's deciding if your post is valuable enough to show to more people. So I forget exactly what the numbers are, but I'll just use two for an example. So, say you post your photo, and Instagram's gonna automatically show it to 2% of your following. And if they only see, uh, you know, 200 likes on it within the first hour, Maybe they're only going to show it to 1% more of your following, whereas opposed to if it hits like 500 likes, they're going to be like, oh, this photo is really liked. Let's show it to two more percent. And they're going to keep showing it to more people, the more engagement that it has. And when engagement gets high is when you're sitting there and engaging with other people and they're reciprocating it, or you're answering comments, you're answering DMs, you're active on the application. It's going to favor your post. Right. Uh, a crash course for anyone who's not
0: super up on algorithms. The great thing about algorithms is you don't have to learn them because they work the way people work. Algorithms, algorithms like what people like. Um, quite literally in the case of Instagram and Facebook where there's an actual like button. Um, and that's a really good tip to to be setting aside time for engagement right then, right there. So my last question is the question that I ask everybody. How do you stay focused and productive when you need to get shit done?
1: Mm, Good question. So so for me, if you have to fight yourself every day to sit down and do what you're supposed to do, you shouldn't be doing it. That's just my view on – life as a whole, you know, life is very short and you need to do what you love. And I'm not saying that, you know, you just be like, Oh, I don't like my job. So I should just quit because it's, you can't survive, but you need to be happy with what you're doing and what you're becoming and seeing the progress in your own self growth. And I personally have never had a problem with sitting down and getting the shit done that I need to get done because I'm happy to do it. And I'm not going to say I don't have bad days because I do, but you have to find that inner strength and that will that you have to want to be the best person that you can be and look back on where you've came and realize that if you don't get up and do what you're supposed to do, that you're not going to move a step forward that day.
0: I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining me and kind of demystifying the the uh, influencer world Uh, Like we said at the beginning, now is the time that people are like, "Wait, social media? Should I be on that?" (laughs) And it's it's really helpful to talk to somebody who's kind of kicking butt in the social media area.
1: Thank
0: you. Especially for anybody listening who has ever been like, "How do I get an influencer to work with me?" And what is that relationship look like? Um, Reaching out to influencers is, like you said, a really in 2020, it's the big thing to be doing. And specifically, right this second in 2020 is a great time to be doing it.
1: Absolutely. It's the time to do it. It's honestly the most hot way of marketing out right now. And that's where everybody's eyes are going to. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for spending your time with me, Elizabeth Tolis, here in the Emerald Office. If you want to hear, watch, read, and learn more about entrepreneurship, focus, and living a life of impact, I invite you to check out Full Focus Entrepreneur, where I coach small business owners to be more effective, more organized, more profitable, and more impactful. If you're interested in listening to more of me talking to myself and others, please check out the Emerald Office, where all the episodes for all of my podcasts can be found. Both the Emerald Office and Full Focus Entrepreneur, as well as my social media and the show notes, can be most easily found at ElizabethTolis.com. And I want to especially thank Eric Tolis, who made the sweet backtrack you're listening to now, and Maria Carius, who made the beautiful artwork that graces this podcast cover. A link to all of Maria's art can be found in the show notes.